coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Key, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I speak with a Second Amendment and gun rights attorney from New York, discuss prepaid legal services, red flag laws, and our worst fears as gun owners. This episode is brought to you by Target Sports USA, the official ammo sponsor of The Gun Experiment. Be sure to check out their Prime membership, which gets you 8% off, free shipping on all ammo orders, and a whole lot more, all for $95 a year. I also want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And as always, I cannot get the show started without the big man across the table, my co-host, Big Keith is in the house. Keith, how are we doing? I am doing excellent tonight. You know, uh, I thought it was appropriate. We... uh did a little teaser on Instagram on on something that I'm working on, and I've wanted to bring a little teaser that no one can obviously see, but I you can maybe give a little reaction. Another teaser. Another teaser. Oh, this is a pistol permit, and since you already have a pistol permit, I'm going to assume that you had another pistol put on your pistol permit. I did. It came back so so quick. I won't look at the back because I don't want to know what it is right now. Oh, you know, all right. I I I thought you might want to take a peek. No, no, I'm not gonna. I you're don't want to know. You're gonna try to hold this out. Yep, I'm gonna stay with the, the listeners. Well, you're gonna be able to keep a surprise better than I am. We all know that uh, I have a hard time keeping surprises. That is true. So I really want to get into this. We have a really uh, a jam-packed agenda for tonight, so I want to get right into the show. But we have another announcement. So last week we announced uh, we had some good news. We announced our new sponsor. And yet again, I would like to announce that we have a new show sponsor. All right. Two, in a, so, two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. So uh, it's no surprise. We have been talking with on-site firearms quite a bit, and we've been training with them quite a bit. And uh, we are going to continue that relationship. So we are going to be training with them on a regular basis now. Well, that's exciting. Uh, I always like hanging out with all those guys over there. Yeah, and, a lot uh, of fun. Does that mean maybe we'll actually get the medical training we keep talking about? I hope so. I would like to. But uh, they obviously are uh, a great a great outfit. And we've learned a lot from them. And it felt good to all those trainings we went to. So I just, I like the fact that now they're going to be sponsoring the show and, uh, you know, and I helping us out. I can't wait to show those guys that new gun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I want to know what it is. <laughs> uh, so guys, if you're out there, uh, they will be sponsoring the show. Go check them out. They offer classes all over the country, not just here in New York. Uh, they were a natural fit for us because they are right in our backyard uh, in terms of their home shooting area, but they do travel all over. And Keith, you'll you'll admit this: their course catalog is it's it is a large, large catalog. I mean, uh, we were talking about a couple trainings actually before the show, and it's it's I feel like it's growing. Like, is it getting more? You know, what's funny is I was looking on the calendar to put it to try and get some training in, and I was showing my wife the classes to see like what it's like what constant. Would work. She it's goes constant. She goes, God, these guys train like every day, and I'm like. <laughs> They, they do. They, they're, they're doing something every day. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, go check them out. Uh, we're going to be obviously talking about them a lot on the show cause we're starting to train with them more and more, but, uh, very excited to have them on board, uh, with the gun experiment. Uh, also I want to remind everyone that we did start our discord page. So be part of our growing community, get on that page. There was a link in the show notes, but you could also DM me on Instagram and I'll gladly share it with you if that's how you like to do it. Invite only. Invite only. Yeah. So you got to be a listener to this show. I guess if you're not listening, you wouldn't know that that link is there, right? That's true. So there you go. All right. So you ready to get into this thing? Let's do it. Our guest tonight is a former prosecutor in the New York County District Attorney's Office who was assigned to the Elite Firearms Trafficking Unit. Since entering private practice almost 20 years ago, he has represented clients concerning all areas of gun rights and Second Amendment issues. Additionally, he has been seen on 60 Minutes, CNN, and written articles on the topic of gun rights and Second Amendment issues. Please welcome Peter Tillum to the show. Peter, how are we doing? We're doing great. It's great to be here. It's great to be here with you guys. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking the time to hang out with us and uh, uh, miss the NFL draft with us. <laughs> yeah, it's much appreciated. <laughs> Come on, the Jets are going to let you down anyway. You know that. Uh, listen, I walk in every season like they're going to win the Super Bowl, and then after the first game, I usually reset my expectations. Good man. <laughs> All right, well, let's get off football and on to the Second Amendment. Yeah. So, Peter, you started your career prosecuting firearms traffickers. What made you decide to defend law-abiding citizens' Second Amendment rights from there? 
It is a different side of the coin. But I guess the better question is what made me go in of all the different areas of prosecution once I'm a prosecutor, what made me be, go into the area of gun trafficking? I, I agree. And, that is a better question. <laughs> right. So, you know, and, and the truth of the matter is what happened when I got down to the DA's office, I was a gun owner, right? I was a gun owner in the Manhattan DA's office. I had a New York City pistol license and I was like, you know, they were like, what are we doing with this guy? Uh, <laughs> you were the reason they stopped issuing them, you're saying? Pretty much. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think what happened was uh, they realized they'd made a mistake on day one. Uh, my first day, they realized that maybe this wasn't the best hire. But I noticed that people were getting arrested with guns. And the police department and even the DA's office, the lawyers, the prosecutors were getting it wrong. So this was an interest of mine. And although I did do a lot of gun trafficking cases and I went all over the country trying to figure out how guns were uh, were trafficked into New York State and specifically into New York City, a lot of what I did was just educating the other prosecutors about gun cases. And I got involved in all kinds of gun cases. Many times it was to tell the police and the prosecutors that they were getting it wrong and you can't arrest a guy for carrying a gun because he has a New York city target license. Uh, so I guess what got in, what I, the reason I got into this area was because I realized that nobody knew what the law was. That's, that's a common theme. When we were talking with uh, Josh Prince, who I, um, I, I think you've heard of, he, I know Josh Prince, yes. he had a very similar story. It was like, people just didn't know this stuff. Like, <laughs> And I can't tell you today how many times you know, I think I wrote a blog about this and, and, you know, someone was arrested, a retired cop was arrested probably almost two and a half, three years ago. I guess it was more than that at this point with two shockwaves in his house, Mossberg shockwaves. Right. I've written some articles about Mossberg shockwaves. Uh, the lawyer calls me up and this guy had been indicted. He was under indictment for two years and they indicted him for criminal possession of a weapon. He was facing a mandatory minimum of three and a half years in prison. This is a retired cop. <laughs> and sure enough, they're telling the lawyer, you know, listen, if he just pleads guilty, we're going to we're we're good guys here. We don't want to hurt him. He only has to do two years in prison. <laughs> only no, only and, two years. That's all. Exactly. And and the guy calls me up during the pandemic. I was literally in my in my bedroom. This lawyer calls me up and said, listen, I got this strange case here and I don't know if there's a law enforcement officer safety act defense or what it is. And the guy tells me about it. And I said, wait a second. A Mossberg shockwave is not a firearm under New York law. He can't be charged with criminal possession of a firearm. And he convinces his client, luckily, to hire me. Yeah, yeah, good for him. But guess what? Within a month of me getting on that case, those those shockwave indictments were dismissed. Wow. That's great. Up until that point, the police got it wrong. The DA's office got it wrong. The grand jury got it wrong. And the judge got it wrong. Yeah. And it was only after I came onto the case that anyone realized there was a problem. Yeah. So Peter, so what, what I'm getting here is having a good lawyer is pretty important. And, <laughs> and let me, let me start by saying that, uh, prior to knowing about your uh, plan, which we'll talk about in a little bit here, I had a self-defense legal plan several years ago. Uh, we'll call it an insurance plan, uh, for lack of a better term, but New York made them illegal and I'm saying that in air quotes, illegal, and my policy got canceled. At first it was said, oh no, you're grandfathered in, then it got canceled. So Keith and I have talked about this many times. We're like, we're we're like, you know, this is crazy. So I stumble across you and find out that you offer prepaid legal services called New York Tax Defense. Can you tell us a a little bit about the plan and how are you able to offer this in New York uh, where obviously others have failed many times? Well, as, as a Second Amendment attorney and as a gun owner, I was just as irritated, maybe more so, uh, I was just as irritated as anyone else when New York went after these insurance companies that were offering uh, plans that were available all over the country. And Governor Cuomo, uh, King Cuomo, <laughs> uh, decided that he was going not, to, not by passage of any law, but just single-handedly, unilaterally uh, throw these companies out of New York. 
And here you have New York State on the one hand in their constant attempt to harass gun owners. There's there's legislation pending that says, okay, we want to make gun owners buy insurance. Right. right. But now they're canceling the insurance that the gun owners have. I, I've so, often found that to be very comical. It, it is beyond comical. And it just proves what the agenda is. The insurance that we want, we're not allowed to have. The insurance they want us to have that we don't want, they're going to force us to have. Right, right, right. So we know what the agenda is, but I said to myself when it got canceled, I said, you know what? We could do this. We can, There's no reason we can't step into this space. Our phones are answered 24 hours a day already. I was a homicide prosecutor. I used to investigate and, and prosecute homicides, and I've defended homicides, and there's no reason I, I am, I believe, to be one of the... Um, most experienced self-defense lawyers in New York state. And I said, look, there's no reason why we can't offer the same thing, but instead of calling it insurance, instead of it being an insurance policy, we can do it as a prepaid legal service. And we don't even have to build out any infrastructure because we already have it. Right. Right. I I, I just love that. You know, like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's amazing because Keith and I have had this conversation so many times. You've gone around the carousel many times. But before Keith has a good question for you kind of on that topic. But before he gets to it, uh, can people join this nationwide? I mean, is it just a New York thing or if someone just in in New York, you know, know, look, there are very, very good insurance companies that are doing this. I believe in every other state. It may may not be in the state of Washington, but certainly uh, it is uh, even in New Jersey, which is very anti-gun. I still I think they still have U.S. Law Shield. Yeah, but New York got rid of everyone. How, how and, did you started offering this like almost as soon as as it got can as the ability to be able to buy these policies got canceled? No, not really, because there was a problem. I had this idea. I had the concept. But there was a problem. I'm running a busy law practice and I'm in court all the time. I'm talking to clients. I I have three lawyers that work for me full time. So I didn't have the time to to do what it would take to build this out. And so then the pandemic hit and courts were closed. And I said, you know what? I know what I'm going to do with this time. Mm, I'm going to build New York Tech Defense. And that's what I did. That's amazing. I, I did it in March. I did it in April. And I did it in May. And on June 1st, we launched for the first time. June 1st, 2020, we launched for the first time. This is going to be the second anniversary coming up in just about a month. I, that you know, it, It's such a good story because like Mike and I said, literally about the same time you're building this program, Mike is starting this podcast and we're we're building what, what we're going got going on here. And we were asking ourselves, particularly me, you know, I have some experience in, in a corporate world and there's been some products that I'm familiar with that used to be called insurance that no longer can be called insurance. And I was like, why is somebody not doing that in this space? And we've had that conversation <laughs> again, two years ago, you know, when COVID hit him and I are on the microphone for the first time and we're having these conversations. Yeah. It's kind of ironic that that's when you're yeah. creating this. And, and here we are today talking about it on, on the air, which is, which is great. But so that's a, a really good story. Is there anything else in your experience that New Yorkers can buy or, you know, products or policies or general advice that, that we can better protect ourselves besides tact. Um, and in my, I was going to say to protect ourselves, particularly my best lawyer voice act of self-defense resulting in bodily injury. So, you know, it's a, it's a great question. And I teach a use of force class, uh, legal use of force class. And I think New York use of force is probably one of the most misunderstood areas of law, because if you read the New York penal law, you have incredible rights to self-defense. There is a castle doctrine in New York, uh, a pretty, pretty potent one. And so ultimately, I think New York has pretty good use of force laws. The fact is that you have New York prosecutors applying the New York use of force laws. So the way I, I explain it is, this is what the law is in New York, and the law is very friendly to you. But you have to remember something. We live in an environment now where even the police are not even are not allowed to shoot people in self-defense. Yeah, right. So if they don't stand a chance, neither do you. And so that's another reason behind New York tact defense is no one should have to face something like that alone. And part of in my view, what King Cuomo did was trying to make us, uh, put us at a disadvantage, essentially make us uh, vulnerable to abuse by 
the government. Sure. And, and, and so you're definitely saying, you know, understand the use of force laws. I, I think that's a good, some good advice. Is there anything else that, um, that, that any other protections we can buy? Like uh, well, one thing I know we're going to be talking about, uh, red flag laws at some point in time tonight, but I, what about like partnering with, uh, with an FFL to be able to, um, you know, have your guns housed somewhere if something like that were to happen? Is it like things like that? Are, are those things that people should be preparing for? I mean, you know, it's a great question. The, the fact is, I think what you have to do in New York more than any place else is educate yourself. Mm. I don't know that having an FFL, look, what are you going to do? Uh, you don't really need an FFL in advance. If you need an FFL to take custody of your guns, it's not hard to find an FFL. We work with a lot of FFLs. Right. And I'm sure you guys do too. Yeah, we have my, my concern is that you need to know what the law is because I cannot tell you how many people come, come to my office when it's too late. And these are people who, you know, maybe made, made a polymer 80 pistol and turned it into a functioning pistol without a pistol license. And now they're facing felonies. People really don't know how complex and, and listen, lawyers don't know. Judges don't know. As I said, the police and prosecutors are getting it wrong. Yeah. So, well, there's so much, you know, right? I mean, so Peter, let's let's get into the summary of benefits here on on your plan, and anybody yes. can go can go to your site and see this, and I have it in our show notes as well. But I want to run through them, and then I have uh, we have some questions for you, obviously. So sure. we want to ha- let you elaborate on this stuff. So, twenty four seven emergency response by an experienced criminal defense attorney, up to two hundred fifty thousand of premier criminal defense representation for any act. Act of self-defense involving a legal That was not weapon. lawyerly enough. <laughs> Red flag law, extreme risk protection order representation. Representation in any civil suit filed against you as a result of covered self-defense incident. Access to experience self, uh, Second Amendment attorney to get quick questions answered. And 25% discount on all other services, including wills, corporate formation, real estate closings, and more. How much, how much is this going to run somebody? So we, we have two plans, uh, $38.50 if you do it monthly, or okay. $385 for the year, which comes up to just around $32 a month. Gotcha. Okay, so the reason I asked, I brought all that up is because I read um, in your terms of service, one of, the, one of the things is that, so that 250000 that covers the legal court fee, like the legal representation, but- uh, if you were to recommend, let's say, like an expert testimony or expert witness or something like that, you that would be not covered under that, correct? Right. So that's the difference between us and an insurance company. Okay. And I think that, the, you know, to be perfectly honest, I think that there are things that are better about insurance companies than our program. I'm not knocking it, but the reason I'm asking this is because Keith was asking for other things that we could help ourselves with. So have you heard of Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network? I have. I have. And, uh, and I'm a member of Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. The reason I ask that is because if you join that, that yeah. if you join that, they will cover things like expert witnesses and things like that. So would that be a good can, pairing? Yeah, can they coexist? Can I have New York TAC and that? Absolutely. I have both. But, uh, you know, what I'll tell you is that what I don't I'll tell you what I don't like about the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network is that if you look at what their benefit is, they're kind of a little bit cagey about what the actual benefit is. I agree. I've called them and I've asked them that and I would agree 100 percent with what you just said. But what is is a good pairing for someone like (laughs) me to have yours and theirs so I could get your legal defense coverage, but their expert expert testimony. I have both. I think it's a great thing. And the answer is it's cheap enough that it's a very inexpensive add-on. It provides some things that by law we can't. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I like to read legal documents, Peter. I I, I'm, I don't know. I'm weird. Um, and uh, I, I, I so I write all over on them too. And I'm, I'm underlining things. And I started to underline all these things. And I was like, I want to ask Pete all these things, but I don't want it to come across that I don't think the product is good. So I'm, I'm going to not do that. But I guess my, my question is, is in general, right, the terms of service for New York TAC defense, you sort of said that you think there are a lot of things that about the insurance policy would be better, but it's as good as we can get, right? Well, uh, you know, what I started to say was that I think there are things about the insurance policy that are better, but I think there are things that we offer that are better than what the insurance company offers. Okay. And one of them, for example, is that you're dealing with me. If you call 
if you call my law firm, right? If you call uh, one of these insurance plans, and I, and I don't want to single anyone out, yeah, if you call no, one of these insurance plans, yeah. and I think, and again, I'm saying that these are good plans outside of New York. Yeah, right. We don't have them. We don't have plans, yeah, we You get, get an 800 it. number, but you're on your own. If you call my plan at three o'clock in the morning and there's a dead burglar laying in someone's living room and that person may, is a member and makes a call, they're getting an attorney on the phone. Right, they yeah. get an attorney from their law firm. Right. That's cool. What about this 25% discount? If I pay for my membership right up front, do I, do I get the 25% discount before the six-month condition in the terms and services? No. So generally, we, the reason we do that is, look, we don't want someone who, for example, just robbed a bank call us, calling us up and saying, you know, how much for a bank robbery? And we give him a price and then he calls me the next day and he says, uh, OK, now I'm a member of New York Tax Defense. He told me uh, okay. $50,000. Right, so, you know, we want there to be some period of time, some cushion. Now, do I waive that? I waive it all the time if it's if I feel it's someone not playing a game. Gotcha. OK. OK. So. I want to kind of go back to... Here's my funny question. Sorry, Mike. That's all right. I want to go back to uh, some of the, again, the terms of service. So we all know that the New York Safe Act was not well received in New York, and it's been proven that many AR-15s were never registered. So your plan says that you'll provide representation for any act of self-defense involving a legally possessed weapon. Does this mean you would not be able to defend someone who used a non-New York compliant AR in, let's say, a home defense situation? Well, that's correct. That, su- such an incident would not be would not be covered. And the reason for that is that, look, making the decision to to possess and, and we deal with this every day, but making the decision to possess a weapon that's illegal in New York is really a personal choice. But on the other hand, uh, being involved in a self-defense incident is not. That's something that you can't control. That's something that can happen to anyone at any time. Yeah. And, and by the way, the the plan covers not only it says any legal weapon. Right. So what that means is it covers knives. It covers you know if you bang someone over the head with a vase or uh, with with a brick. Right. Uh, all that is covered. So I was going to ask that. So you answered you answered that question. So I I am going to go I'm going to go at you a little bit on the AR-15 thing just Please. for so I had asked that same question to the insurance that I had had back when. And their answer was interesting. And I'm actually going to say this because maybe you'll say, you know what, that's actually a good idea. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll change our mind on this a little bit. And with their, their answer after they thought about it, because they didn't give me an immediate answer, they, had, they said, we're going to get back to you on it, was we could certainly defend somebody for defending their life, irregardless of what the weapon was. But we wouldn't necessarily be able to get you off charges of using, in other words, you might still get charged for having an AR-15 and that's a whole separate charge, right? So you could defend the person in terms of did they the act, act, did the they act. act appropriately in defending themselves, but that's a separate issue from the, defending I, the, them, the, what the, they what The they tool used. they use to do it. Exactly. So, But here's the difference between dealing with an insurance company and being, dealing with a lawyer. I know that if that were the case, that the same indictment would charge both the the murder or the attempted murder and the criminal possession of the weapon. And so what is the guy supposed to do? Have two separate attorneys there? I mean, that's a good insurance company answer because I don't know if they understand what they're, what they're saying, but I'm telling you that you you're going to you have one indictment yeah. and one trial. And is the guy supposed to have two lawyers there handling two different aspects of the case? So right. you're almost like you're forced to take them both or none. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. So, just a couple more questions on the plan. That does me that question. That's that's a really that's an interesting answer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose you you could get them off one, but maybe not the other. Is that you know? But I understand but, what you're saying. You'd have to represent them on both. Both. Yeah. So Correct. would would this cover someone? I'm going to ask both of these, and then you can answer. Would this cover someone in all locations? So let's say that I'm in uh, visiting family in California. Would I still be covered, even though I'm not in New York? No. So what we recommend is if you're someone who travels and carries a gun outside of New York City, that you have another plan because we're not, again, this is a prepaid legal plan. We're not allowed to sell insurance. We're not selling insurance. We're selling our legal services. I am not an admitted attorney in the state of California or in any other state other than Connecticut. And we don't, we don't offer it in Connecticut right now. Uh, the fact is that uh, this is a prepaid legal plan for New York lawyers. And so we are not allowed to, in my view, offer some kind of 
representation where we would have to go out and hire someone that that would be almost like turning it into insurance. Gotcha. I understand. Cause you, cause you can only practice in the state that you're practicing in. I, I correct. And this only covers the individual, right? So like if my wife picks up my gun, I, you know, I get knocked out, she picks up my gun and, and ends the threat. She's not covered. Only I would be covered. Correct. Correct. Although what we do is, you know, I've had some people call me up about that and say, Hey, you know, my wife wants to join also. And what I do is if people call me up and say, listen, me and my wife both want to join, but we don't want to pay uh, full price. I give them a uh, promotional code that'll give them a discount for uh, the spouse for both of them to join. Okay. You might have to, you might have to pass those our way. <laughs> yeah, we can certainly do that. So you mentioned, uh, $250,000 for criminal defense. I didn't see anywhere where there was an amount for specified for civil defense. Is there a specific That's correct. Amount? There is no limit to civil defense. The fact is that we are not even sure in many cases that we will be providing the primary. If you look at the terms of service, if you have insurance, remember, we're yeah. not an insurance company, so we can't indemnify you. So if you have an insurance comp- policy that is going to like a homeowner's policy. Yeah, like an umbrella policy that covers. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Then we would want them to be the primary and we'd be the secondary. You know, but it's the fact. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I apologize. I shouldn't have interrupted you. I, I was going to say, though, I had asked very specifically if my umbrella policy covered this and I was getting dodgy answers, too. I don't know if they know. Okay. You know, you'd, you'd have to you'd have to really read the policy fine print. And it sounds like you like doing that, which is a kind of odd hobby. Yeah. He's an odd guy. But the fact is that... Uh, I couldn't find anything that specifically didn't say they wouldn't, but I couldn't find anything that specifically said it was. But I, I'm going to go back and look a little bit deeper in that. I, I apologize for interrupting. I That was my fault. No, w- when we picked out the $250,000 number, we were trying to pick a number that we thought would cover any reasonable self-defense case. But we didn't want to be on the hook indefinitely for a criminal defense case that would that could potentially bankrupt a small firm like myself. So uh, we picked out a number that we thought would cover any reasonable self-defense case. And I can't imagine any case getting above $250,000 as long as it was some reasonable case yeah. and someone didn't mow down 20 people. Yeah, if it was, you know, it, within the use of force laws and all that stuff, right, it should be pretty, I don't want to say straightforward, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I, like, how can you enhance this? Where can you go from here? I mean, listen, my honest opinion is it's good coverage. I'm strongly considering it. I think it's a great idea. And I, and I didn't even think about adding my wife and that you mentioned there's a discount for maybe a spouse uh, addition. I think that's a great idea. I think the terms and conditions are fair. I think, you know, if you want to cancel it, there's, it's clearly spells out how that will work. Um, you know, there were a couple. Look, we're not some big company, right? Someone wants to yeah. cancel. They shoot me an email. They call me. They're canceled. You have to remember something, right? I'm a lawyer with 30 years in this business, and my this is not my primary job. My primary job is representing individuals in all types of cases. I can't do anything with this little side business that can somehow jeopardize my primary area of practice, which is yeah. my law firm. So it's all about reputation for me. But you're doing as much as you can, and I think it's I think it's for a good cause. You know, and uh, honestly, like I said a little earlier, I'm uh, I'm thankful that you figured out a way to offer something. You know, it's the only only one that I can find in New York, and I've been looking, and that's the only reason why we came across it. Quick little story here. You know, as a content creator, we have regular listeners. Right now, they're probably listening to this episode, and they're from New York. And I've had people reach out to me and say, "Hey, I know you talk to a lot of people. What's my best?" bet for like some sort of insurance. And I said, there is none. And in fact, the one person I'm thinking of, I recommended the Armed Citizens Legal Defense. I said, that's the only one I know of uh, uh, until I came across you. So if I'm being completely honest, and Keith, you just you just said it, I think that the insurance that I had offered a lot more in terms of it was 50 states, it was all these things. And the reason I'm asking these questions, it's not, it's not a gotcha. It's I want someone, that guy who's listening to hear and say, we're not trying to fool anybody here. This is what it is, but it's also the best we got right now. Yeah, and so I it, think it's I mean, a if, fair it, deal. If you're if you want back what we had, you got to vote. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. And listen, I think I, I would be very happy to be out of this business. 
if we can get a good governor elected and, and we can get the insurance company back, I would I would probably end up closing this depending on what the what the market reaction was. The reality of it is I have a I have a busy law practice and this is sort of something on the side. It right. was not something I wanted to go into. It's not something I grew up when I went to law school, I didn't dream of starting a prepaid legal service for <laughs> right. gun owner, right? right? I did it because there was a need for it. Right. And I was and trying you had to help. the time. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think, I think it is a, an excellent option for, for those of us in New York that don't have other options for well, sure. I, and I, I know maybe I uh, talked over this question, Peter, but are, are, is there any consideration of being able to offer like a higher tier? Right. So we already, we have some group rates for, uh, for example, uh, various gun clubs, uh, the Putnam County Firearms Association, for one, uh, has a group rate. And uh, members of the Putnam County Firearms Association uh, get 360 a year. But one of the things they really wanted was enhanced protection. And they get uh, $350,000 worth of criminal defense protection. Uh, now, we are toying with the idea of maybe for individuals creating a, a second tier, uh, maybe an add-on for $5 or, or we haven't really thought through the pricing, 5 or $10 more a month of having an additional $100,000 in coverage. Well, I guess I'll just ask the question. If you don't want to answer it, you don't. But are, how, far, how many people do you have in this? How is it growing? Is it growing the last two years been crazy? Uh, it's yeah, and I don't want to give hard numbers, but I know. yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the, uh, the look, there's, as you know, there's definitely a need and people are remarkably interested, uh, in, in this type of situation because look, as gun owners in New York, we're really hanging out there. Yeah. Uh, we are, we are behind enemy lines and we are targets. And so I think that gun owners in New York feel that, for $35 a month or $32 a month, whatever it comes out to, that they want to know that there's a law firm that is that is standing behind them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my one other question was, there was one, one thing, I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. Um, so if you are convicted of a criminal charge, that's the end though, right? There's no more civil defense at that point. Correct. The, the bottom line of it is that under... We, we will still represent you in terms of the issue of damages, but... If you're convicted of a criminal offense, the truth of the matter is that there really isn't going to be a civil case because of the concept of uh, essentially race judicata that the issue has already been decided. Okay. And so criminal liability in uh, this type of case would probably amount to summary judgment on the issue of liability in a civil case without getting too technical on the law. Okay. So one more question uh, before we move on to our next segment. And that is, I want to just get your expertise a little bit on the New York Safe Act. Just, I mean, this thing is an abomination. I, <laughs> How it, many it, rounds can I carry? Is it eight? Is it nine? Is it no, ten? I'm, I'm not going. I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm just not going kidding. there. I'm just I, I, what I want to know is this. Is there any chance that this ever goes away in New York? I mean, is it, is, is, does it need to go to the Supreme Court? Like, where? What are the chances of this ever going away legally? <sighs> you know, it, I guess the question is, ask me again uh, in November. Yeah, after after the ruling. Yeah. Does, now, does well, that ruling- Well, no, I was thinking more after the, the election, election because oh, yeah. this this ruling is a very important ruling. And just just so everyone knows, we're talking about NYSERPA versus Bruin, yep. Uh, yep. which is you know set to come out any time at this point. Yeah. Uh, and my, we should my, talk about that at some point. But the, but the reality of it is that that's not going to answer the questions, most of the questions in the New York Safe Act which have to do with ARs. And the issue of ARs has gone to a number of different circuits. And the fact is that gun owners have lost repeatedly. I don't understand it. Right. Because if you look at what the Supreme Court says about it, it's very clear that this is a bearable arm that is subject to Second Amendment protection. Right. But we, we have lost. And so either the Supreme Court needs to take an AR case or we have to get out there and vote. Do you think they have an appetite for it? I think we're going to find that out when we read the Bruin decision. And there may be, look, there may be something in the Bruin decision that gives us a hint about, A, you know, this regulation of ARs is illegal. 
or B, uh, they are, this is a very pro second amendment court, which I suspect it is. I do think it is Peter, but I also don't know. I do think they are, but I also don't know that they want to just take up case after case after case of second amendment law. I, I just, I, I wish I had more faith, but I just don't know that I have faith that that's going to be the case. Well, I agree with you. I, you know, look, look at how long and look at what, look at all the bad decisions that have taken place between uh, when McDonald was decided and now, and we haven't had a good second amendment ruling uh, on this topic since McDonald. Yeah. Uh, there's one, there's one that I love that I think is one of the most important second amendment cases that no one talks about, which is Caetano. Uh, Caetano versus State of Massachusetts, which I think is a, a super important Second Amendment case that no one talks about because it's not a gun case. It's a stun gun case. Mm. But the reality of it is uh, we haven't had a lot of favorable. We haven't had any Second Amendment rulings from the Supreme Court. Well, a lot of times they just don't take up the cases. Forget about favorable. They just don't take them up, right? Right. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm well, the one thing I'm hoping for is that and you can explain this in much more detail and we don't need to go there today, but the idea that this case and winning this case might actually lead to uh, what they call strict scrutiny, correct? And the way in which lower courts look at these gun cases. That could that could be the most important outcome of this case. Yeah, that's what because- I've heard from many legal scholars that I listen to and they've said that that's the big win nationwide, right? Because really this is going to affect New York City and their scheme, but it's not necessarily going to, like I have a pistol permit. You know, it's yeah. not going to really yeah. not going to do much for me in that way, but the str- the strict scrutiny could change the way that all courts have to look at Second Amendment cases here on out, and that's the big win, correct? That would be a tremendous win, and more important, I think, and I don't think the that most people would understand this, but more important than even the the issue of carry in New York uh, would be the issue that has been unresolved for so many years, which is what level of scrutiny. Uh, is applied when a Second Amendment uh, law is challenged. Yeah, right. Yeah, shouldn't sh- I mean, from some, most people's perspective, it's it, there shouldn't be much scrutiny at all. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially, especially in New York. Especially in New York. Um, so, Peter, where can people find you? I have uh, the actual plan in the show notes, but is there any uh, social media you're into or anything like that? Yeah. So, I mean, look, we are uh, we're NY Tac Defense, nytacdefense.com. We uh, we do it all, right? We have a uh, NY Tac Defense uh, Twitter. We have uh, Facebook. We have uh, even a NY Tac Defense TikTok. Nice. Uh, although I'm not TikTok is seems a little mad at me. They don't like some of my gun videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't like they they frown upon gun stuff. That's for sure. Well, you know, social media and and you know, look, I'm I'm ready to move everything to Twitter if if uh, Elon Musk yeah. cleans it up because yeah. what I'm going through on Facebook right now is just unbelievable in terms of that- my legal ads violate their community oh, guidelines. It's a whole that's a whole nother episode. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Peter, I want to get to this next section, but before I do, you are welcome to be part of our discord page and I don't censor anybody. (laughs) So I'm definitely joining. Yeah, no, I'll get you the link. You're welcome. Definitely. So listen, we play a game on the show called run and gun. It's a 10 question rapid fire game. I'm going to ask you 10 questions. You give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You think you can handle that? I don't know. I do it with judges every day. So I I think you'll be okay. All right. Number one. What is your favorite gun in your personal collection? I like the Mossberg Shockwave just because <laughs> it's so legally interesting. Okay. What gun would you buy if money was no object? Hmm. <laughs> Ooh. Stump the lawyer. Yeah. yeah, you stumped the lawyer. I mean, look, if money was no object. Money, no object. <laughs> I'd find a way of getting uh, something fully automatic. Okay. If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Ooh. Moses. Favorite caliber? 357 SIG. Favorite hobby, not gun related? I want to be a beekeeper someday. <laughs> if you could have one superpower, what would it be? I would like the ability to walk down the street and know what someone's criminal record is just by looking at them. <laughs> That's a great lawyer answer. <laughs> All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? 
Armed. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Pistol. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse? Oh, that would be my friend Adam. Let's mix it up. I was going to say not not the fastest, Peter, but but pretty good answers. Yeah. Well, they, thank you. They were good for sure. And I feel like we might have stumped you more than some of those judges do, which made me feel good. Yeah. Totally <laughs> <didn't do> that. <laughs> anyway, so on this episode of Let's Mix It Up, we discuss red flag laws. So I purposely put this in here because I knew we had you on the show and I know that part of your plan is uh, you can handle red flag laws. So first off, can you give us the the very brief answer of what is a red flag law for those <laughs> that don't know? And I guess from there, wh- what should we be aware of to protect ourselves? Right. So the way I explain red flag laws is it's the confluence of violating your First Amendment rights and your Second Amendment rights at the same time. <laughs> so this was this was very cleverly created so that if they didn't like something that you posted on social media, they could go ahead and take your guns away. Oh, we're in trouble, Keith. Yeah. Shit. I'm not. I'm well, not you're on a- here. Listen, <laughs> we got you. Oh, uh, that's true. No. So, the, you know, in my opinion, red flag laws are... And again, you know, I'm a lawyer geek, as you kind of hear, as you heard from my superhero answer. Uh, <laughs> the, the fact is that this is really the confluence of taking away two rights at the same time. And so the basic concept is if someone claims that you're a danger to yourself or others, they would have the right to bring this to the police and that a school official, a police official or a medical official would have the right to go to court and ask the judge to take away your gun rights. And they really don't have to have like all that hard of a reason for that, right? (laughs) Correct, correct. It's very, very scary. And what happens is the judge immediately uh, issues an order. If he thinks that there's probable cause to believe that you're a danger to yourself or others, uh, which is a pretty low standard, he immediately, immediately issues an order much like a search warrant that basically gives the police the right to come to your house, break down your door at three o'clock in the morning, drag you out of bed and take all, search your house and take away all your guns. And you have no idea why. And you have no idea why. And you've never committed a crime. And nobody's alleged that you've committed a crime. So first off, as a freedom-loving American, I, I hate the premise of this. Okay, <laughs> yeah. let, let me start with that. I, I and, hope so. Yeah, yeah. And I... I but there's so many freedom-loving Americans who love it. Well, that, that's where I'm going with this. So I, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second here. I, I don't like this. I don't like it as a gun owner. I don't like what it could lead to. So I, I was drafting up our, show, our notes, and my wife was sitting next to me, and she said, what are you working on? And I explained. I said, red flag laws. And she said, what, is, what are red flag laws? And I kind of briefly explained. And she says, well, that sounds shitty. She goes, so like your like, ex-girlfriend could be like, that son of a bitch, and <laughs> yeah. just make a phone call. And I said, yep, something like that. And she was like, that is wild, right? So there's that one side where like logically that just makes, you could, you could see the danger, right? But on the other side, let's say that I'm walking around my neighborhood and I'm ranting how like I'm going to kill somebody. And I, and, and Keith is going, Mike has become unhinged. I mean, I know he has guns and he's tall. He's walking around saying he how he's a hundred yards away from me. Yeah. He's going to kill people. So like I can kind, I kind of can see the other side's point. I'm not saying I like it. I'm not saying I agree with it, but it is, was there genuine, were there good intentions there when they wrote this? That's about the most diplomatic way I think I've ever heard you come to that I, side I, i'm trying to i'm trying to see the other side of it i don't like it but but is that the other side going like we just want to make sure that someone's not going to shoot shoot me up because they're pissed off at me you know and i just want to well, have a tool uh, of course that's the other side might now you're asking me did they have good intentions <laughs> and now i'm going to go back to where i started which is that they took away our self-defense insurance but they want to make us get insurance yeah so there's been so many different areas so many different, uh, so much different evidence that points to the contrary that I think we can we can almost assume at this point bad intentions. Now, look, you make an excellent point, right? It is scary. Uh, I'll tell you, I once did a um, New York City pistol permit revocation hearing, and the guy was literally an armed security guard, and he starts one day, he's on the job, mumbling under his breath, and he's like, you know, 
cursing and yelling and he's going to kill someone. And his own, the own state, the people he's working with call the cops and say, this guy snapped and they take him away. They uh, have him uh, brought to the mental institution and they really don't find that much wrong with him. Uh, And sure enough, we won the New York city pistol license revocation hearing because at the end of the day, it's not that easy, even in New York city to take away someone's pistol rights. Right now, what we've done, and you have to think about it from the perspective of a judge now. Now, can you imagine someone comes to you and says, look, this guy, I'm telling you, he's a danger to himself and others, and he's got guns. What are the odds do you think that a judge, that any judge is going to say, you know what, you know, I agree with you, but I don't think you made a probable cause showing. Right. I course. don't think they're going to say that. No, no. No, they're never going to say that. And the, the fact is, you know, I always say in the, in the realm of family court and child protective services, they have every incentive to take away your children and no incentive to ever leave your children with you. Right. The same here. They have every incentive to take away your guns. Once this once this goes to court, now that you have this mechanism, how do you win one of these cases? Right. Well, and so now I I, I played devil's advocate. Now let me flip back over to the point where I hate these things. Um, <laughs> and that is the fact that I, I agree with you. Do I think their intentions were good? No, I don't. Because it's always, well, we'll take them and we'll, we'll worry about the rest later. It's always, we'll worry about your your rights later. Right. That's how the government tends to work is, well, we'll we'll trample all over the Constitution and and then we'll we'll fight it in court for the next 20 years. So I don't I don't think that there was good intention here. Uh, I think it's feel good. I think it looks good in the media. I think it looks, you know, it plays well that, you know, we're trying to make changes and we're trying to make people safer. Makes people sleep better at night. Right. And I think that's what it comes down to. And the bottom line is, you know, uh, freedom isn't always perfectly safe. Right. That's, that's well, that's the problem that that's the part that 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 people are too quick to give up. Right. They don't uh, they don't. Uh, and again, I think I've said this on here before. I had heard this from somebody else. So I, I, I'm stealing it from them. But they're af- they're almost afraid of their freedom. They're almost afraid of the responsibility of the freedom. Right. Exactly. I think that's a big problem in New York State and, and particularly in New York City right now that, yeah, people listen, it's a lot easier to just have this fantasy that I'm not responsible for my own self-protection. The police are there to protect me. Yeah. And it's a nice little fantasy. It's a lot more comfortable. Uh, you, you said it best. Than the reality. You said it best. It's it's a fantasy. It's it's just this this un, it's not reality, but they think it is. And it's a lot more comfortable. Listen, I wish I could believe it, right? It's it's a it's just a really wonderful fantasy that, you know, look, I can walk around in La La Land and I just know that there's people out there that are gonna just protect me. I, I agree totally. Well, I think it's time for the boys to sit around and shoot the shit. All right, so tonight we shoot the shit about our worst fears. As gun owners. I'm just laughing at you putting it because everything we've been talking about is my worst fear as a gun owner. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was all leading up to this. So let, let me just preface with where this uh, came about. So I put up a, I posed a question on Instagram. And I'm not going to shoot for a month. <laughs> this, this was the question. It was, what is your worst fear as gun owners? And man, people were loving giving some answers. So these are some of them. So one of them is uh, Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> uh more gun control uh-huh. not having enough room in the safes for more guns <laughs> that's scary <laughs> yeah it's very scary i i've recently had to expand this is one of my favorites <laughs> getting your sack stuck in the slide if you appendix carry <laughs> first of all how why is your sack that close to the slide? <laughs> slides open i was confused on it but it sounds t- horrific not enough security and guns being stolen and used for crime the government having to use it this one is actually a friend of mine misplacing my gun, which is like, oh my god! Uh, that, you know, I've heard, I've heard some stories of that recently, and uh, man, that has got to be like the worst. Yeah, <laughs> that's got to be a big fear too. Yeah, uh, that I'll have to defend my second Second Amendment rights against my own government. Yeah, that was the last one. Those are all. Those are all. I mean, they're all good fears. Yeah. So if you're out there, if you wrote those and you're listening, thank you for contributing to the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, some good was, ones out there. That's not, uh, not in the slide. Yeah. Keith, you got one? Uh, well, I, I, Can we get this another way? Defending yourself after 
a shooting would be horrific. That that yeah. one to me is just horrific. It's it's, <laughs> one, it's the worst. Probably, yeah, to me right? that's yeah. that one keeps me up at night. It really yeah. does. I um, mean, other things that I always worry about, and you know, we talk about this all the time. But I, I just I just want to make sure my my kids don't ever you know get into a position where where they get their hands on something. They get their hands yeah. on something. Yeah. No, I mean, that's why we, you know, I know you and I have the same philosophy on this. That's why we talk about it with our kids all the time. My, my kids are, are shooting 22s, you know, like uh, we're talking about doing a, a BB gun uh, intro course for, for kids so that yep. they can get the, for some firearm safety. So I, I'm trying to mitigate that fear as best I can, but that's probably mine. Okay. You know that I really want to carry appendix, but my worst fear is shooting my jump off. <laughs> yeah, I do <laughs> that's, know that. That's, yeah. that's my worst fear. You're getting better though. I am. I, I mean, listen, I just, the fear of shooting my junk off scares the shit out of me. That's all. I mean, yeah. I think appendix is great. I, like I said, mine's not, I guess, big enough to have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Peter? You got a fear? Oh, I got a fear. My wife finding out how much I paid for my last gun. Oh. <laughs> or how many guns I actually own. Yeah. There, there's, a, there's a funny one that I always hear and I repeat it. I don't know where I heard it, but I, I say it all the time is, one day I'll die and my wife will sell my guns for what I told her I paid for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My <laughs> wife once found a live round in the washing machine. Uh, that wasn't a good day. She uh, took a picture of it and texted her to all her friends. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, as a gun owner, there's there's risk involved, I suppose, whether that's having your wife kick your ass or, you know, <laughs> there's always a chance of your guns getting taken away, I suppose, but... It's good to have uh, legal advice, right? That's uh, yeah. that's what we kind of came up with today. So we want to thank you for coming on the show. I mean, as gun owners behind enemy lines in New York, I can tell you we're constantly fighting to be treated fairly, right? That's what we all. That's really what we all fear. And losing the right to a legal plan never felt fair to me. So, Peter, I want to thank you for thinking outside the box and coming up with a solution and bringing New York tax to fruition. Uh, if you're out there listening, be sure to look into his plan follow up with him with any questions. Like I said, I'll have the plan and all of the social media in our show notes. And to everyone listening, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now Discord so we can keep the conversation going. Peter, thank you again for coming on. Yes. Thank you, Peter. It was a lot of fun and I'd love to do it again. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs>